Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, let's see where I'm going here. Thankful tonight for the goodness of the Lord. And uh, we sang that song a while ago, Jesus, I never want to forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Has he ever done anything for you? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, I think you're here tonight. He's done something for you. Praise God. He's done something for you. Praise the Lord. God is great and greatly to be praised. Brother, could you turn his light out up here down just a little bit? Put a glare on the, this. and I'm blind in one eye and I can't see out of the other and I'm looking for a miracle tonight. <laughs> Well, glory. Well, the pastor, he texted me yesterday evening about 6 o'clock and asked me if I could fill in for him tonight. And What did they have, twins? I was, I was kidding him about that. <laughs> he said, oh, <laughs> twins. Well, God is great and greatly to be praised. Let's just pray together tonight that God will... Give us what we need tonight. I, I don't know what we need, but God knows what we need. And uh, and I've been talking to the Lord. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you pray and you just feel like the heavens are brass. But you know, the good thing about the Lord is he's always there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Father, we love you tonight. We're so thankful for your blessings, for your power, for your love, your mercy. You know, what every individual tonight needs, you know, we ask God uh, that you would anoint our lips of clay and our minds and our heart and our spirit. Let your will be done in our midst tonight. Lord, let the hunger be fed. Let the empty be filled. Let the thirsty drink. Let the depressed be set free, Lord. Let your will be done in our midst, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. I want to read a verse of scripture tonight out of the book of Ecclesiastes, and I'm not sure exactly what direction I, I'm going to go here tonight for sure. Uh, seems like that, that falls my lot most of the time. <laughs> uh, but we'll just start out somewhere, and we'll end up somewhere. How's that? Praise the name of the Lord. I want to read out of the ninth chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes uh, tonight. Verse 11, and writers say Solomon wrote this. They're, they're the ones that think he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And he said here, he said, I returned, and he said, I saw under the sun a race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. The next verse, verse 12 said, For man also knoweth not his time, as the fish 
is taken in the evil net and as the bird that is caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go with this, but when I read this here scripture here and uh, that Solomon apparently wrote when he looked out there and he, uh, he saw, uh, he said, I saw and, and under the sun. He said, he talked about the race. He talked about the battle. He talked about the riches. And he talked about the favor of men. And uh, he talked, he, and he said here, but he said, the time and chance happeneth to them all. And then he said, for man also knoweth not the time. Like the fish, like the bird that are caught in a snare or a trap, the Son of Man also is caught in an evil time. It falleth upon him. It's not something that he plans for. It's not something that he looks for. But all of a sudden, he wakes up and he finds himself in a bad situation. It's like that animal that's caught in a trap. Have you ever been caught in a situation or a trap and you couldn't seem to find your way out? It seemed like that you were trapped. The Word of God tells us here that this, similar to this, is what happens to man. Sometimes we can find yourself in that type of situation. Kind of reminded me of a story that I, I heard and I read one time about over on the coast of Massachusetts, there was a, an S-4 submarine that got hit by another ship. The ship went down into the bottom they sent ships from all over to rescue those that were in the submarine that had went down. When the divers got down to where the ship was at, they began to listen. The diver put their ears to the side of the ship to try to hear if there was any life inside of that submarine. They were trapped there. I can only imagine the fear that must have went through their minds when they were at the bottom of that water and looking and wondering if they were going to make it out. And as time lingered on, the oxygen would leak out and dissipate. And they would find themselves in a state of fear, but the divers would put their ear to the side of that ship and all of a sudden, one of them heard, they heard a noise coming from on the inside of that submarine. Somebody was just knocking. They were sending out signals of Morse code. And they began to listen. And the Morse code said, is there any hope? As the time ran out, as the oxygen began to dissipate, they heard somebody on the inside that was tapping, is there any hope? 
But I'm so glad tonight. Thank God that there is hope in Jesus. Thank God there's hope in Jesus tonight. Thank God you may be seeming like you're off the bottom of the ocean, but there's hope. On the inside, you've got to send out the signal. I think of what Jesus said in the the third chapter of Revelation when he talked about the church of Laodicea, a church, and he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He said, If any man hear me, he said, Open the door. You see, there wasn't a doorknob on the outside. It was on the inside. He said, if you want me in, you got to open the door. And he said, if you will, I will come into you, and I will sup with you and you with me. That's pretty simple. It's not hard. All you have to do is open the door. Thank God. I read here in the book of Luke. The book of Luke tells us a story about these disciples The Word of God said it was on a certain day. I don't know if it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. He just said it was on a certain day that Jesus was with his disciples. And he entered into a ship. When he entered into that ship, the Bible said, he said to those disciples, let's just go over to the other side. And what did Jesus do? He walked over and laid down and went to sleep. I think sometimes that's what happens uh, when we come to the house of God. Sometimes we see people just go to sleep. <laughs> I tell you what, if I sit down very long in one spot, it seems like sometimes that's the way I am. Hey God, but they entered that into that ship and Jesus went over there. He wasn't worried about getting to the other side. He said, let's go to the other side. I don't know if those disciples set the sail or what. But here they were, and all of a sudden, they were on their way to the other side, and Jesus fell asleep. And God, you know the awesome thing about it, when you're in the presence of God, when you got God on your ship, you don't have to worry about whether you're going to get there or not. All you got to do is just do what he said, and you'll get to the other side. Hallelujah. Bible said he just fell asleep. He went to sleep. While he was asleep, a wind came up. I don't know if there was a gentle breeze or, or what was going on when he entered into that ship, but they got on that ship, on that boat, and the Bible says a storm of wind came up. Thank God, I, don't, I, I tell you, wind can be devastating at times. I'll just say, talk about this for a second here. I remember when I was driving an 18-wheeler and I was going down the highway, there's certain signs when the weather's in certain conditions uh, that you want to pay attention to what's going on, especially when the wind's blowing. Thank God, I'd watch the trees and see if they were blowing. I'd look, go by those lakes or those ponds, and I wanted to see if they were white-capping. Because I knew if they was white capping and they are going by a flag and it was standing straight out, that was a sign to me to say, slow down. <laughs> I don't know whether we have what they were experiencing that day when they got on that ship, but when they got on it and was on their way to the other side, all of a sudden the wind came up. And it wasn't very long until the water 
start getting in the boat. I was coming out of Rockford, Illinois, up here down 39. And I was running about 42,000 pound guy in front of me. I looked out there, and all of a sudden, I seen his back tandems come off the ground about a foot and a half. I said, oh, no. Can you imagine the fear that went through the disciples when all of a sudden that water started getting in that boat? I was over here at Carlisle one time fishing several years ago at Boulder. So I'd heard people talk about it. Biggest man-made lake in the state of Illinois, but it's shallow, and when the wind comes up, they say it can be dangerous. And I, I was standing on the, on, the, on the side. I was standing on the rocks fishing, and out of nowhere came a wind that almost blew me off into that lake. And I seen right then that somebody knew what they were talking about. Jesus didn't tell them that there was going to be a storm or a wind that was going to come up. But in the process of this experience of going to the other side, he was teaching them something that they needed to learn, that as long as I'm on board this ship, you're going to be all right. You don't have to fear. Fear is a terrible thing. I despise fear. Thank God, I despise fear because fear will bind you. Fear will tie you tie you up. Fear will keep you from obeying God. Fear will keep you from wanting to go to the other side. Here they were on this ship, and all of a sudden that water gets in that boat, and fear gets a hold of them. They forgot that the master said, let's go over there. <laughs> if the master tells you to go over there, you're going to be fine. I heard people through the years come to me and say, listen, God said this or God said that. And every time they say that to me, I said, listen, if God told you to do that, you're going to be okay. But if God didn't tell you to do that, you're going to be in trouble. It works both ways. God said here, let's go to the other side. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And all of a sudden, when that water got into that boat, all of a sudden, they felt that they were in jeopardy. They felt like that the, the, their lives were being threatened. And all of a sudden, they went to the master and they woke him up. The Bible said here that they said to the master, thank God, he, they said there's water getting in this boat. Said, Do you, it's being filled with water. They said to the master, we perish. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, he rose up out of that boat and he looked out there at those, at those winds and then raging waters, the Bible said, and he said, peace be still. And all of a sudden, instantly, thank God, the storm settled. The wind stopped. All of a sudden, all that that they feared dissipated right before them. All of a sudden, listen, that's all it takes is just hearing the voice of God. All it takes is just responding to the Lord and listen to him. But when they saw this, and God, the Bible said they being afraid and they wondered at this. 
said, and they asked, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Thank God this man can stand, stand out there and all of a sudden these winds can obey, will obey him. I don't know about you, but I like it when he gets on board my ship and he says, peace be still. You don't want to sail your boat without him on ship. When everything starts getting shook and everything is getting, it seems like it's going to be destroyed and you're going to perish. You want him on your boat. Hallelujah, there's something about him when he's on your boat. You know everything's going to be all right. Listen, I've had my boat rocked a few times. I've had, my, I've had some things in my life almost fall apart. At least I, I felt that way. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what you do when you feel that way. You just stand still and call on the name of the Lord. That's what you do. Thank God you don't run. Thank God you don't let fear get in your heart. You just turn it over to him and let him take care of the problem, and he'll take care of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. His boat never sinks. Hallelujah. He never read where one of his, his uh, he's ever failed. He's ever faltered. He's ever some. The devil thinks sometimes he did. The word of God said if, if, if Satan had known that uh, he was going to be rose on the third day, they would have never crucified him. They would have never nailed him to a cross. Uh, but they didn't know who he was. And those disciples rose up and said, what manner of man is this? Well, the Bible says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14, it said, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank God, that's who he is. Thank God. Bible, Bible tells us, thank God, that, that he was God manifested in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. Thank God, 2 Corinthians 5.19 says God was in Christ. Thank God, aren't you thankful you know who he is? He was Father in creation. He's Son in redemption. He's Holy Ghost in regeneration. Paul said it like this. He's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when you got him on your ship, you don't have to worry. But if you don't have him on your ship, thank God, when the storms come and when the winds blow, thank God, when the enemy comes in and tries to destroy you, thank God, we'll tell you something. Thank God, you can be in trouble real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember experiences in my life that when I felt like my world was going to fall apart. I don't know, one of the most, I've had a lot of times, and I and, and, and get down before the Lord and start calling upon him. You know why I like to do that? Because this is his church. Thank <laughs> God, this is his ship. Thank God, he knows how to control it. He can say, yay. Or he can stop everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember, 
I remember when I, and I've told this before, what plan on telling this, but I'll just talk about a little bit here. Hallelujah, when I about lost my whole family in a car wreck, and I walked into that emergency room and got in the church. Was it? Some of the ladies at the church were having their prayer meeting on regular schedule. And, God, and thank God that they were. I walked into that emergency room and seen my, seen my daughter in a coma and my boy laying out in the hallway all cut up and had 37 stitches in him. My wife all bruised up and, and all, all this going on. But I want to tell you something. When you're going through the storm and you don't know why it's happening, you don't know what's taking place, the best thing you can do is keep calling on the name of the Lord and be faithful in your worship and in your praise and in your dedication and your consecration before God. Hallelujah. When God steps on board your ship, everything's going to be all right. When I walked into that little church in Needleton, Texas with my daughter, she couldn't walk because of the accident. The preacher said, bring her up here after, after, at the end of the service. Let me pray for her. And uh, he asked me if he could pray for her. I said, sure. Hallelujah. I took him up there. Brother Benoit laid his hands on her and just prayed a simple prayer. And from that day on, she started, she, she'd been complaining about her legs hurting. She was walking. When I got her home from the hospital, she couldn't walk. Went to church on a Thursday night. The church body prayed. I got home that night, and she was walking. I walked in the door, and she said, Daddy, you want to see me walk? I said, yeah, I want to see you walk. And she got up and walked. It took about a half a dozen steps. First time. My wife said she took a step or two when, before I got there. But anyhow, when we went to Nederland, Texas, and the pastor asked me if he could pray for her, up until that time, you, she couldn't walk from across this church without complaining about her legs hurting. But that night, they got the pastor just laid. There was no demonstration, no halos, and no, no demonstration coming down. You didn't see anything. But somebody prayed the prayer of faith. Wasn't but about 25 people there. And he laid his hands on her and prayed for her. And from that day to this, she never complained about her legs hurting. <laughs> well, I wouldn't plan all that coming in there. But I'm just talking about what God can do when he's on your ship. Hallelujah. I, I, I got a lot of stories I could tell. And every one of them be the truth. I could talk about finances when I didn't know how we was going to make the next bill. <laughs> Passing a church in North Dakota and didn't know how we were going to make it. Didn't know how we were going to pay the bill. We tried to take care of our home, pay the church bill, and try to keep going. And get, get down and pray and say, God, we've got, to have, we've got to have this taken care of. And before the week's over, there'd be somebody that I didn't even know sent a check that took care of the bill. I don't know how God does that. Sometimes, you know, there have been times I've been in the rock and the hard spot and I didn't have no money. Hallelujah. But he owns it all. You see, I believe that God can make every one of us millionaires if he wanted to. I believe before I walk out of here tonight, God can make me a millionaire financially, I'm talking about. Personally, that'd be nice to have. 
But I, it really doesn't excite me to be a millionaire. <laughs> I tell you what, you know what? I'm satisfied as long as he keeps enough meal in the barrel for one more cake. And he does that. Hallelujah. He keeps enough meal in the barrel for one more cake. Hallelujah. And I'm happy. Hallelujah. I'm happy. Praise the name of the Lord. But here they are on the ship. And they ask, what kind of man is this? Hallelujah. What kind of man could look at the waves and all of a sudden the waves stop? There's a calm. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that there's a mighty God that you want to keep on board your ship. Hallelujah. You want to hold on to faith because faith is what keeps hope in grasping distance. Thank God it keeps your faith will keep your hopes alive when everything else seems to dissipate and you don't know how you're going to get through. Hold on to that because that Faith is going to keep your hopes alive. You're going to still keep praying. Hallelujah. If he answers, fine. If he don't, I like it when the three Hebrew children said, said, and they were going to be casting the line then. Hallelujah. They were going to be casting the pit. They said, well, if God answers, fine. And if he doesn't, fine. It don't make any difference. <laughs> it don't make no difference. I had experience with that too. We're not falling in the lines then. But when my wife had that wreck, and I couldn't, didn't have the I had finances, but not enough to get her in the hospital like they wanted. Got her in Texas Children's Hospital. But I went to Lawndale. My bank was on Lawndale Avenue. And I went there and got what money I could get out of the bank because they was transferring her out of the hospital to another hospital. And they were going to send her down to, to the hospital, children's hospital downtown. And they wouldn't take her until I come up with the money. Went and borrowed some money from the pastor and gave it back to him later on. Had insurance. And the bad thing is I just got laid off with about 1,200 people walked out of the gate. They had a big layoff and I just happened to be one of them. But I'm going to tell you something. God knows everything about you. He knew that storm was going to be there before it ever hit, before the wind ever picked up, before it ever started blowing. God knew that that was going to be there. He was trying to strengthen their faith. He was trying to lift them up. And I pulled out a Lawndale from that bank, and I heard this voice speak to me, and I heard this voice asked me this question and he spoke to me before when it first happened and I first found out I'd been to the unemployment office that morning and I came home drove my pickup down in the driveway and a neighbor come down the road come down the street and looked at me and said your wife's been in a bad car wreck and your kids are hurt bad I don't know why I'm telling you this and I wouldn't plan on saying any of this but somebody here might need what I'm talking about neighbor friend came down the street and said your wife's been in a bad car wreck and your kids are hurt bad I asked him where he was at he told me I got in my truck and I, I didn't get halfway down the street and I heard this audible voice like somebody was just speaking to me and this is what it said it said you sin <laughs> that's what it said and I spoke out loud just like I'm talking to you and I said, I don't know why this happened, but I know I hadn't sinned. 
better know where you're walking with God or not. You better have your feet on the rock. You better plant your feet on a foundation that hell cannot shake. Thank God that the spirit of darkness can't get a hold of you. You better grasp a hold of something and you better know where you're standing. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The question is, have we committed something to him? When I got in the church, I told God, I want to serve you and I want to live for you. I want to do what's right. I want to please you. I want to glorify you. I want to live for you. And that voice said to me, he said, you sin. When I went to that bank to get that money and I pulled out that, that bank there in Lawndale, that voice spoke to me again and this is what he said. And I've told you this before. I'm going to tell you again. Somebody needs to hear this. That voice said to me, he said, what are you going to do if she doesn't make it? Talking about my daughter. She was in a coma. She was scalped on top, fractured on both sides of her skull, laying in a coma in an emergency room. And here I am, headed back, and that voice said to me, what are you going to do? If she doesn't make it. I'll tell you what, that'll shake your wagon. But not if you've got God on board. You gotta know where your feet's planted and you better plant it. Thank God, because I'm telling you what, we're in a storm today, whether you realize that or not. There's evil people running this world that's gonna do anything and everything to attack the church of the living God. How do you know that? Because their spirit tells me that. Their spirit tells me that they're evil and they're ungodly. That's the last time you ever heard them talk about God. When's the last time you ever heard them pray? You need to zero in and fine-tune your spiritual ears and heart. They got to realize what's going on in this world. You know, I... Old devil said, what are you going to do if she doesn't make it? You know, I found out you got something in you, Brother Jeff. You got the Holy Ghost. You got something in you you don't even realize how powerful it is sometimes. And something just leaped out of me. It just come out of me. And I said it out loud just like I'm talking before. I said, listen. I said, listen, devil. I said, I'll tell you what. If the Lord wants to pick a beautiful flower, that's fine with me. If that's what he wants. But as for me, I'm going to live for God whether she lives or dies. It's not going to make a difference. What I'm trying to tell you is that you better make up your mind. You better settle the score. You better know who's on board your ship. Hey, God. Hey, God, when God spoke to Abraham, the Bible tells us, hey, God, that God promised him a son, gave him a son. Hallelujah. And then later on in the second chapter, hey, God, the Bible tells us, hey, God, in the 22nd chapter, God tells us that he told He told. Abraham to take that son to Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice unto God. (laughs) Can you imagine? I can't guarantee you he didn't take his wife with him. (laughs) 
Oh, hallelujah. He didn't even buy I doubt if he said one word to her about that. But you know what I liked what Paul was able to say? And God, in the book of Romans, uh, the Bible said he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Uh, thank God the scripture said here, thank God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, uh, giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promises of God. Thank God, God told him back up and said, I'm going to give you a son. Thank God, and, and I'm going to bless that seed. Thank God, and it's going to be like the sand of the sea. I give you a promise. And he held on to that. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, God said, God gave us some promises. Thank God, God gave us some promises. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, hallelujah. He said, lo, I'm with you always. I don't know about you, but I hold on to that. And I remind him that every once in a while when everything seems like it's, uh, everything's getting shaken, everything don't seem just right. I tell him, God, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And I'll tell you, that's the way it really is. He never leaves us nor forsake us. You remember over in the book of Acts when Paul went by Athens? And they had an altar up there, and on that had an inscription said, Unto the unknown God. And you know what Paul said? He said, Him declare I unto you. He said, Let me tell you who that is. And he preached Jesus to them. Hallelujah. That's who that is. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a God, thank God, that the foundations of hell cannot shake. Thank God. Can you imagine? The Bible talks about Job. Job was a man, thank God, thought it felt like he was in between a rock and a hard spot. Hallelujah. Everything was going great for him. He would offer up sacrifices unto God for his children because he wanted to make sure his children was in right harmony with God. I pray for my kids. I pray for the church family. I said, God, help us that we could be right with you, that you could, we could please you. Thank God, and Job, he went before the Lord. And one day the Lord walks on the scene and said, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank God. Now Job had a lot of things because God blessed him. And old Satan said, yeah, you take all that away from him and he'll curse you to your face. Read it yourself. First chapter of the book of Job. <laughs> and God said, have you considered my servant Job? Thank God. He said, there's none like him in all the earth. He's perfect. He's upright. He's one that fears God and sheweth evil. In other words, he runs from evil. Have you considered him? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I, I, that's the ones I want to walk with. That's the ones I want to be with. They might not have it all together, but if they'll fear God and shew evil, thank God, and, and, and walk upright and seek to please God, that's where I want to be. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God's looking at that. You, people out in the world may say, God, don't look at that. I'm telling you, God looks at that. He's got his hand on that. Hey, God, you know why? Maybe I shouldn't get off on this, but uh, hallelujah. We serve a holy God. Hallelujah, we serve a holy God. Thank God. You know what that holy God said to the church believers? He said, be ye holy for I am holy. <laughs> That's what he said. 
world says, well, it don't make a difference. Well, it does to Jesus. Hey, God, it does to, it does to the Lord. Hey, God, they can turn their head and look another direction and do what they want to. But God said, be ye holy, for I'm holy. Let me just give you another scripture. You can write this down look it up. You think I'm not telling you the truth. He said, without holiness, no man shall see God. And the world says it don't make a difference. A liberal movement out there said you can do what you want to and live like you want to and go the places you want to. I had a guy in the church said, hey, listen, we're going to go to Las Vegas, Vegas and gamble. I looked him in the eyeball, so let me ask you this question. Would you want to be in that place when the trumpet blows? <laughs> I said, would you want to be there when the, when the trumpet blows? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be anywhere around one of those places. Now, I'm not holy and righteous and all this stuff. I've been in Las Vegas, and I've been in a gambling joint. Not gambling. I better make that clear. <laughs> I was driving, team driving with another driver, and he'd been there before. He said, I got something I want you to see. So he, I didn't know what he was going to do. He whipped into there uh, in Las Vegas, and he whipped in there to a big gambling casino right on the interstate. And we went inside, and I, I was surprised. I'd never been in one of them things before. Had all them slot machines and everything else lined up around there. But he said, there's something in here I want you to see. And he took me down a hallway and had a museum inside there. Had a lot of displays of Elvis Presley and John Wayne and, and, and things that were really interesting, you know, if you'd never seen it before. But I got to be honest, I was glad when we got out of there. <laughs> there, was, there was a few people in there, but when we went in there, wasn't hardly anybody in there. Hallelujah. I'm just saying that God knows where you're at. And God looked at, looked at old Satan and said, have you considered my servant Job? He's perfect. He's upright. He fears God. And he sheweth evil. Aren't you thankful for the mercies of the Lord? Hallelujah. I don't know what that does for you. But when I came around Pentecost, that got a hold of me. My, my stepmom, I wasn't raised in church. I was raised in, not in Pentecost is what I'm saying. There's a lot of good people in the church that I came out of. They were precious people. But just because they're precious don't mean they're seeking after God. But my mom, my stepmom, who raised me, we went to the house of God. Or she went to the house of God when she was just a child. She didn't even know what it was, but she went into a Pentecostal service where people were worshiping God. And she knew that they had something that she didn't have. And she began to talk to my dad about it. My dad was a Sunday school teacher, and he got studying the Word of God. And he got talking about the Holy Ghost and people speaking in tongues and getting baptized in Jesus' name. He got talking to him about that. Got talking about it. I remember I was just, uh, I was riding. We'd been to church that morning. On our way home, my grandma was 82 years old. She got the Holy Ghost. Or not 82, 72 years old. Got baptized in Jesus' name. I remember I was sitting in the back seat. And my dad looks over to my grandma and said, Grandma, you got the Holy Mom, you got the Holy Ghost? 
And Grandma knew what he was doing. She snapped back and said, I got the Holy Ghost, but I didn't speak in tongues. Now, you've got to understand, my dad didn't have it either. <laughs> but he'd been studying the Word of God. And all of a sudden, he smacked back and said, I, I got the Holy Ghost, but I didn't speak in tongues. And we was on the verge of going from one from where we were going and switching churches to go where they preached about the Holy Ghost. And Grandma said, I'll go with you. That's what you want to do. And so we went. And uh, one by one, we started getting the Holy Ghost. And my grandma, bless her heart, she was a precious woman. She was a precious woman. She was a godly woman. And uh, my grandma, people would go to the altar and flock to the altar, and she'd go down and kneel down and start praying with them. And other people would gather around her and start praying for her. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost fell on her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I went by. I was in I was in Mississippi going to school. When I got home, I went by Grandma's house. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to find out if she got what I got. And I got talking to her. She said, she said I got the Holy Ghost, and I, I spoke in tongues, and I got baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's what you do when you have faith. Thank God you hear the word of God. Thank God there's something rises up inside of you that says, I want to obey the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It rises up. It gets a hold of you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, Job lost everything. He lost everything. When the Lord, when the Lord lifted, lifted his hand off of Job and said, you can do whatever you want to do, but you can't take his life. Aren't you glad that God got some? He says, you, you can go this far, but that's as far as you're going. And he lost everything. He lost his sheep, his cattle, his oxen, uh, his uh, camels. He lost it all. He lost his sons and his daughters. He lost it all. Hallelujah. But he was faithful to God. And the Bible said in chapter 1 and verse 20, he arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm saying, I'll tell you what, when my daughter was on the verge of dying, you know what I did? I went to the house of God just like I always do, and I worshiped God just like I always did. And, and I, I thought God was a million miles away. <laughs> I couldn't feel anything. I, I couldn't hear anything. I just kept doing what I knew pleased God. Hallelujah. Job, he rose up, and he, he shaved his head. And the Scripture said, he knelt down here, and, he, and the Scripture said he worshiped God. He fell to the ground. My message to you is that when you're going through that storm, you keep doing what you know pleases God, and God will take care of the rest of it. That's what you've got to do. He's got a way of working it out. You can't see your way through, but he does. Hallelujah. And the Bible said here in verse 22 that Job sinned not, Neither charge God foolishly. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God owns everything. God owns everything. He owns everything about you. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible said here, the Bible said in the 19th chapter of Job, Paul, or Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. <laughs> Thanks for the closure down here. Oh, I'm, I got through, but we'll just shut her down. I like what he said. After going through all that cesspool and fighting the devil from pillar to post, after, after going through and losing everything. You know, the end of that story is so beautiful that God multiplied his blessing on Job and he gained back everything he lost. <laughs> and Job could stand up and say, listen, my Redeemer liveth. <laughs> Can you stand up tonight and say, my Redeemer liveth? Let's stand together and lift up our hands unto the Lord in our hearts and say, my Redeemer liveth. Not somebody else's, but my Redeemer liveth. Thank God my God is alive. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When you begin to cry out, my Redeemer liveth. Thank God, let the Holy Ghost move on you. Let God work in your life. You don't have to be ashamed. Thank God, you say, Listen, I failed. I dropped the ball. Thank God. I'm going to tell you, that's why he came. He came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. If we could do it for ourselves, we wouldn't need him. But the fact is, we can't do it by ourselves. We got to have him. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful your Redeemer liveth? He's alive. Oh, the enemy says uh, he's still in the graveyard. Somebody stole his body. Uh, hallelujah. But Paul said, I saw him. Hallelujah. Paul said, not only me, but about 500 brethren saw him. Whew. Oh, we're in the multitude of people tonight. Thank God are tasting of the good word of God and the power of the world to come. Thank God we know he's alive. He got you off a crooked street and put you on straight street. Your life was a mess and he turned you around and, and put you on a different path. Thank God you was broken. You were marred, but he picked you up out of the mire clay. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, wonderful name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't you just reach over and take your neighbor by the hand and let's just pray one for another. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We need him. Our Redeemer liveth tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. 
Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you and have a blessed day.